Did you recently wake up one morning, realize you're suddenly retired, and wondered what in the world you're going to do all day, all week, for the rest of your life? If so, you're just like us. Two guys who are retired early in life and are trying to figure it all out. From choosing the right healthcare exchange product to learning how to coexist with our wives in the same house, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. It's enough to make you want to start drinking right now. So join us on our podcast called What's Next, when every hour is happy hour. Welcome to another edition of the What's Next podcast. Whether you're about to tee off on the golf course, sitting on the beach, or napping on the couch, anywhere but the office, this podcast is for you. If you're still working, turn this podcast off right away. Unless, of course, you're pondering retirement or a sabbatical. Hey, Jason. How you doing? Doing awesome. Another day in paradise. There you go, man. Well, today's topic is piggybacking on what we talked about last week with Stephen Burrows of Square Training. So he talked about the importance of exercise for people in their 50s on up as they go into their retirement days to make sure that you stay healthy and injury-free. And the other part of that, which is just as important, is diet. And we have a special guest here today. Very special guest. Very, very special guest. In fact, she's my wife, Rachel Brandeis, registered dietitian, master's of science. I got that right. And she's going to work with us and talk to us about how eating habits can either set you up for a healthy lifestyle yep lifestyle or it can do the opposite it can it can put you in in a in a bad way as you as you get older people are going to think we're very healthy livers with with uh, with last week on exercise this week on nutrition they're going to get the wrong impression about me at least i don't know about you ken well i think rachel's going to set us straight so uh, she does not pull punches as you know um (laughs) but these are important things as you get into those retirement ages to make sure that you can keep living uh, living your best life. It's so. absolutely. You got to stay healthy so we can go enjoy traveling, eating, fun, eating. And drinking, and, which is our segue. Exactly. It's happy hour. Every hour is happy hour. So this drink is Rachel's favorite drink. So Rachel, unlike me, is a bourbon drinker. And so is Jason. Cheers. Cheers. I'm a Cheers. new bourbon drinker. Cheers. So what, so what are we drinking? We are drinking Four Roses Small Batch Bourbon. And why do you like it, Rachel? Over what's ice. Your, what's on, your, ice. on ice. What, what's the deal? I just like it because it's a little, it's sweet. It, it's a little sweet. It doesn't have, it's not biting and spicy like rye. And, there you go. And Jason is going to explain some of the differences. No, both, you're going to have to explain that. Yes, the with um, <laughs> what the difference is in whiskeys. Well, let's. This let's, is a whiskey. Bourbon is a whiskey. All right, so let's American let's talk whiskey. about this. So, from a nutritional standpoint, before we get into the overall thing, but let's talk about alcohol and nutrition. Sure. People in their fifties, they retire, they go to the golf course, they have a few beers, then they have you know drinks at happy hour and all this stuff. Like, is it a big deal? Does it impact us? Well, that's a two-part question. Yes, it does impact you, and it impacts everybody. You know, the guidelines used to be that, oh, for men, having one to two drinks a night is good for you, and especially red wine. 
the thing with nutrition science, it's always changing. So nothing, it's always evolving. You have to stay on top of the science. And what they found is that drinking every night for men is not heart healthy. It's actually detrimental. So too much alcohol, and that is, I would say, three or more drinks a night, okay. increases your risk of cancer, heart disease, and and specifically prostate cancer. So why do you keep giving Ken a couple of drinks yeah. a night? Like what? what, what, what you have at least three. <laughs> Because we just signed, we just renewed all the paperwork, and now I know where everything, everything is. Life insurance so, policies in full. Yes, yes. And I thought you just wanted me to go to sleep. Oh, yeah. Well, um, thank more you, than that. Thank you for waking up from your nap today to conduct this very informative interview. Got to be fresh. Um, so seriously, now I'm really talking seriously. Um, when you start aging as a man, not that I am a man, but I just from all my patients and schooling and research and consultations I've done, the disease process for men really starts kicking up age 50 and up. So that's, that's you when you're sort of in that area of like, okay, I can't, you really need to start reining it in. And that's when these disease processes become more prevalent. What do you guys think the number one cause of death among men is what's the number one cause i would guess uh heart heart time bingo very there good go. see I, I would have guessed pissing off my wife but <laughs> but i think yours is probably more accurate well that's true um so um that's I, number two that's number two. number two close I, close seven. i would say yeah heart disease is the number one killer of men it by far i think some men may think it's prostate cancer or something like that but no it's heart disease and heart disease really starts when you're very young but it exacerbates as you get older and a lot of people i'm not going to name names will think that taking a pill like a statin can protect them from heart disease because a statin, as you know, lowers your bad cholesterol and your LDL. Yes, but um, yes, those do work. But if you're eating like crap and you're drinking too much alcohol and you're not exercising and you're not eating decently, you don't eat perfectly, that increases your risk. So when you're looking at heart disease, there are what we call modifiable risk factors. You can control what you put in your mouth. You can control what you drink. You can control how you move your body. And I would say you can't expect to live the full gamut of your life if you sort of don't take control of that stuff. And it's never too late. Well, let me ask you this. So there's obviously the, the disease part of it, but I've also heard that it affects your metabolism too mm -hmm. and how you process food and calories and how fast you burn stuff. Tell us about that. So the new research has come out that we really don't see a big metabolic shift until about 60. So from age 20 to 60, your metabolism is pretty much humming along except for the decreases minute decreases every year, which we call sarcopenia because it's due to muscle mass loss. Right. So you lose muscle as you age. We all know that. And that's what, what do you think runs our metabolism? Muscle. Okay. So if you lose muscle mass, your metabolism goes down. So we have slight decreases every decade. We see our metabolism go down, but the real big shift is at 60. Hmm. So 
what that means is it doesn't mean like you don't get off your ass until 60 and then start doing stuff because if you're not used to working out and exercise, right. you're going to hurt yourself. And then what good is that? So, you know, you got to get into these habits. It's a process of aging healthfully. So let's, but let's jump back to the alcohol thing before we get to the food. Okay. So you said three drinks a day. I can have two and three quarters drinks a day and I'm fine. That's what you're telling no, me? No, I'm not saying that. That's what, what I, I heard. No, but I'm putting it in perspective is that many people think, specifically men, because they've heard it in the media over and over and over again, oh, two, one to two drinks a day is good for my heart. Well, guess what, folks? That's not the case. They do these, what we call long-term, they do research and there's no, um, I would say that has been debunked. So if you want to be healthier, take a good look at your alcohol intake. And a lot of people don't realize what a serving of alcohol is because I have people tell me all the time, oh, I only have two drinks a night and they're pouring six, eight bottle. ounces of Half wine in there. Wine. Yeah, or they're doing, you know, three shots of liquor in a glass. So yeah, I mean, those, that's something that you need to look closely at. I'm not telling anyone not to drink, but I will tell you if that's something, if your weight is starting to creep up, if your energy is starting to go down, if you're, I mean, that's a, that's easily fixed if that's something you want to fix. Does that responsibly? Well, yeah. Does and alcohol affect your weight? Yeah. Alcohol does affect your weight because alcohol is absorbed, everyone, like a carbohydrate. So carbohydrates, it's absorbed as a carbohydrate and it's stored as a triglyceride. A triglyceride is a fat that goes directly to your belly area. So you dads and who have the dad bods out there, you know, and you're like, oh, I have a gut, you know. Well, think about your alcohol intake. That could be their first thing that you can decrease. That would help. That's a beer gut. Well, it could be a beer gut, yeah. a bourbon, bourbon gut, gut, a wine gut. Um, it could Any be of any of it. And, you know, people always say, oh, I'm drinking a light beer or I'm drinking a clear spirit like right. vodka or right. I'm drinking gluten free. That's all crap. It's your all body alcohol. doesn't discern alcohol goes through a certain pathway in our body and we use an enzyme in our liver to break it down. Your body is not saying, oh, great, this is gluten-free <laughs> vodka. Love, I love oh, red wine. Oh, <laughs> this is so good for me. No. So you have to understand that alcohol is alcohol. It spikes your blood sugar. It's stored as fat in your midsection. I'm not telling you not to drink, but I'm telling you if you're drinking more than three glasses a night, mm, you may want to revisit that. Gotcha. Okay, if every hour is happy hour, that's yes. going to cut back on happy it hour. It will right? cut back. And just real quick, briefly for, for listeners, you, you kind of focused this in on men, probably because that's Ken and I, but yes. what's the, is there a different perspective on women? Yeah, interesting enough, that's an excellent question, Jason. Ding, ding, so ding. insightful. Yes, women actually have less amount of the alcohol enzyme that men do. So women feel alcohol much quicker than men. That's why, you know, you think of women as lightweights. Well, we don't have as much as the, of the enzyme to break down the alcohol. So we feel it much quicker. Gotcha. And it puts us at different risk for different cancers, you know, mainly breast cancer. Gotcha. So that's the difference. 
Gotcha. So let's move on to food and, yeah, and my eating. Topic. And, well, you uh, don't want to talk about bourbon and what bourbon is. No, that's not. <laughs> okay. That's not what this is. <laughs> okay. We'll cut that. Yeah. So let's 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 talk about food. And as you get into your fifties on up, um, how how should people be eating, or what or what common mistakes do people make? So I think that's a very broad question, Ken. So I think what you really sort of need to look at is as you age, what's going on with your body? Are you dealing with weight? Are you at risk for diabetes? Because you know, weight and type two diabetes are sort of, that's, they're married, they're together. If you're obese, you're at a much higher risk for getting diabetes. So if you're going into your fifties and you're overweight, the likelihood of you keeping that weight on for the rest of your life and adding to that as you get older, because remember at age 60, you have a big metabolic shift. So what happens if you're overweight in your fifties and all of a sudden you get to 60, 65 and your metabolism starts going down, what happens to your weight? You've all got a few more good years left. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta maximize it now. So food becomes important. I mean, Look, you're singing to the choir here, Ken, because, you know, we practice what we preach and all that stuff. But I would say most people don't. So what should we be eating? Like what should, what does a healthy diet look like? A healthy diet looks like... For folks our age, Okay, right, right. for folks our age, I'm, I will give you generalizations, yeah. even though I don't live in the world of generalizations. It's limiting red meat. Oh my God, Jason's going to have literally a heart attack. I mean, just stop. Get the defibrillators. Okay. It's limiting red meat. (laughs) I would say two times a week is a good, um, is not two times a day. No, not two times a day, two times a week. Um, doing more lean meats. Like if you're going to do red meat, do do a filet loin or round cuts, you know, the heavily marbled meat, you can't grill that crap out. It's part of it. That's what makes it tender and tastes good. And taste yeah. good yes. <laughs> um, limiting your red meats, trying to not do fried foods, get off the fast foods, stop drinking anything with calories. That's a biggie. Like, like sodas, so juices, juice. sweet like you can't tea. Even drink orange juice? Orange juice. Ken used to drink orange juice every day. It's like straight sugar. It's like, it's not good. Eat an orange. Don't drink the juice. Like get off anything with calories, except if you enjoy your alcohol and you want to keep that, then use that to drink your calories. Get in whole grains. Everyone's afraid of carbohydrates. It's so annoying. Like what? Like if you're going to do bread, try to do whole wheat. If you're going to do pasta, see if you can try whole wheat pasta. If you're going to do cereal, get a whole grain cereal. Um, you got to get fruits and vegetables in every day. Do you have to have a ton of them? Well, I would like you to, but at least... Put that into your diet. Um, get off the crap. And I think most people know what the crap is. Are there certain fruits and vegetables that are better for you than others? Like what? So do you, I have never met anyone in 25 years of working with individuals on their health with food that has gained weight, been overweight from eating too much produce. Right. I mean, I think it's silly for people, oh my gosh, I can't have a banana because it's too sugary. If you're a diabetic, yeah, I would rather you have berries than a banana. But if you're Joe Schmo who doesn't have diabetes or, you know, doesn't have medical issues, eat it. 
Okay. I mean, produce is produce. I think when you get when you make food hard, people tune out. Eating should not be hard. So you're saying fruits, vegetables, don't worry about it. Just eat a lot of them. Focus on what I call the surplus, like the chips, the cookies, the sweets, the fast food, the sugary beverage, the crap. So what do you Okay, so that's that's a great example. Let's say you cut down on the crap to one or two times a week or something like that. For somebody like me who's like a grazer. Yes. What do you snack on? Okay. So this is what I will tell you. That's a very good point. Jason's full of all these good like lead-ins. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I would tell you the key to successful eating is what I call patterned eating. Patterned eating means eating every like four-ish hours because your blood sugar starts to fall every like three to four hours. So if you eat breakfast around eight or nine, lunch around 12 or one, maybe a little snack around four, not grazing, and then dinner around seven. That's a perfect way to keep your metabolism going all day and to keep everything sort of um, stable and steady throughout the day. I would tell you the number one cause of weight gain, Jason, is grazing. Grazing. You don't want to graze. you Because what does that do? When you keep eating, you're never hungry. You're never full. You're just sort of trying to occupy yeah, like that. Sometimes it's an occupy. Right. Like, oh my gosh, time. I got to like put something in my mouth. Patterned eating. Three meals, one snack spread out every three to four hours. Stick a treat in there per day. I would say give yourself about 200 calories worth of granola bar. Whatever you want. Right. And, but I wouldn't use that as a snack. But I would... Pa- Patterned eating is the key and not eating within three hours after you finish a meal or a snack. Don't graze. That's hard. Especially at night. Don't graze at night. See, that's when I graze. Yeah, but then you're not hungry. Eat dinner later. You're not, no, you're not hungry. People, (laughs) you're eating right. You should not be hungry after dinner. That's habitual eating. Yeah, it's habitual. And if you think about our circadian rhythms, we're meant to be active during the day. So we utilize our food better during the day. I don't want you guys eating a massive meal at eight o'clock at night because you're not going to utilize those calories. Hmm. Does that make sense? It makes sense. But people are afraid to eat. I know, but people are afraid that if they eat too much during the day, they're going to gain weight. But I will tell you 99% of the time is if you don't space out your meals and have that snack, you'll overeat at night. And then when you overeat at night and keep eating at night, you're going to wake up not hungry. And then the whole cycle starts again. Sounds incredibly familiar. Break the cycle. Break the cycle. So if you were to look at... Just take a day in Jason's life. Yes. Jason wakes up. Has you, you three said, meats you, for breakfast, what? four meats yeah. for lunch. No, I don't no. eat breakfast. But that's right. You so, have lemon but, water. Yeah. So exactly. he's retired, so he doesn't always eat by eight. But let's just say, let's just scenario. He, he eats eight o'clock. What types of food should you have? Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Okay. That's fair. What I tell my clients. Um, I don't know. What do you like? Do you like peanut butter? Have peanut butter and an apple. Have peanut butter and a banana. You want to pair a protein and a carb. You need carb for energy and a protein for fullness. Okay. And men respond very well to high protein diets. We need protein, especially as we age, because that keeps our muscles strong. So I'm a fan of protein as long as it's lean. If you like eggs in the morning, do one whole plus two whites. 
one whole egg and then plus two, two egg whites. Yep. Why, why whites? Because What's... the yolk is where all the fat and cholesterol is, and all the protein, because men like protein, um, is in the whites, and they're very low calories. So to make a good breakfast, one whole egg, two whites, add a carb. Maybe add fruit or add a slice of toast. Maybe you want a half an avocado in there. I don't know. Maybe you want a Greek yogurt with berries and granola. That's a good breakfast. You want a bowl of whole grain cereal? Probably won't keep you full very long because it's all carbohydrate. There's not a lot of protein. I know real men don't eat cottage cheese, but cottage cheese is an awesome thing. But one thing that that what I'm hearing is like the European breakfast that you hear, like that, you know, when you're traveling over there, like a little meat and cheese and maybe a croissant or a piece of bread. That way you got carbohydrates and And then proteins. proteins. Remember, like I'll, I'll put it this way. If you think of your stomach as, as a holding place, just like a big bowl and you stuff food in the big bowl, what comes out first from your stomach into your intestine is carb Second is fat, and the last thing that leaves your stomach, because we have to break it down in our stomach, is protein. Protein equals fullness. Gotcha. So when I, in the rare occasion, I do make eggs in the morning, I use, I like the Canadian bacon in there. So that's good, because that's a lean Super lean, yep. Super lean. So I'm all about lean, I'm all about protein, but combining things, and not doing like the whole like, paleo keto whatever the word intermittent fasting whatever the word of the day is yeah you're not into those i mean honestly if it works for you great but you know i don't know anyone who could stay on keto for a long time it's 90 percent fat and if you have high cholesterol that is not going to do well for your lipids so one thing you haven't mentioned in any of these meals or snacks which i'm a big fan of are like nuts. Nuts are awesome. Okay. But not a vat of Costco nuts, Jason. Like when you sit down and yeah, and full of sugar and you're taking the big thing and here I was, I thought I was about to get a finally, you finally hit. No, it's she slams you down. Welcome to my world, Jason. Portions. Like take literally a handful a day of nuts is it. That's it. One handful. One handful. Not one of each. No, and not multiple hands. Nope, and don't sit down with a big bucket of anything because you will overeat. Too much of a good thing is too much of a good thing. Even though they're heart healthy, it's still you can't if you're trying to watch your weight, then that's not a good thing. So we got breakfast and yep. we, I think we yep. have a decent idea. Okay. What what so about lunch. so it's lunch time? You wanna know my favorite thing for men to eat for lunch? You guys will be Bacon shocked. cheeseburgers? Oh yeah, with a double side of fries and a coke, and right? Onion rings. <laughs> and onion rings like that. No, seriously, the best thing for lunch are subs. Really? Yeah. Because it's, now you're saying because it's carbohydrates and proteins together. It's a good mix and it keeps you full. It's satiating. However, you're not going to like the kinds of subs, maybe. I'm not talking about an Italian <laughs> Philly meat, cheese steak. Philly cheese, or a meatball hero, or you, a veal you know, farm hero. Thrilled. I know, I'm beating you, down. beating you down. No, what I'm talking about is your leanest deli meats, turkey, ham, roast beef, chicken. I oh, know. Sorry, Come I just... on. You could do like a combo. You get a little ham, a little turkey. What about turkey. bacon in there? Because bacon always did. Bacon is a up. fat and it's just flavor. I mean, you know, I'd rather you have good, like right? a slice of bacon than go to McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or, you know, whatever. But you can't go wrong with a sub. And if you want to have a sub, don't get the big foot long. You get the six inch double meat. Mm. Oh, okay. I could do that. That's a tip. I could do a double meat. Tip. 
can you still put like the mayo, the lettuce, the pickles, the vinegar and oil, salt and pepper? Okay, I'm good the... with the vinegar oil. I'm good with the, I mean, the meat is Lemon. salty enough. You need extra salt on that? Okay, okay maybe not. take away mayo. the salt. How about um, one side mayo, not well, what, both sides? What's the mustard mayo thing? Like, what, what's Mayo different? is just fat um, and it adds calories. So if you're trying to watch your weight, maybe you give up the mayo. Another good substitute for mayo is avocado. So if like, if you go to a sub shot and they have an avocado, yeah, it's got, it's all it is, is texture. But if you're doing mayo, just do one side of the bread mayo. Don't do both. What about mustard? Mustard is fine. It's perfect. There's no calories, but I'm a big fan of subs and men tend to get full off of that. And you can always do double meat subs. I like that. And do like a multi-grain bread instead of the white bread. No, multi-grain is no better for you than white bread. It's got to be whole wheat, but... You know what? If you don't like whole wheat, then go get a whole grain somewhere else. You don't have to have whole wheat bread. So, or a wrap. And I would tell you a good rule of thumb when you eat is choose one carb when you eat. Don't double up on your carbs. So if you're going to have a double meat sub, don't add the side of chips and a cookie. Right. Just have the sub. I don't know. That would be my preference. So. All right. Now we got lunch down. What about dinner? Or what about snack? Because oh, you have snacks. to have a snack on the way to dinner. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, you can do protein bars, like RX bars or kind protein bars. When you're looking for protein bars, you want at least 10 grams of protein and about 200 calories. Something so it sounds like, like you can't go wrong if it's protein. Like protein's good. If it's lean protein, correct. If it's protein. not Jason type of protein, then you're good. I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. No, but yeah. So protein, protein bars. Protein bars. If you like Greek yogurt, if you like cheese sticks, maybe you do a couple cheese sticks and a piece of fruit or apple and peanut butter. That's the best. But you can't eat a half a jar of peanut butter. You've got to do two tablespoons. Yeah. No, not like a one no. big spoon. No, no. giant spoon. Um, a ladle. A ladle. A ladle of peanut apple. butter. Nuts. I like. I like um, a peanuts, serving pecans, of nuts. Peanuts cashews. have the most protein in them compared to any other nut, and almonds have the most fiber, which is good because as you get older, your digestive system doesn't work as well. Um, yeah, but protein based you want, but not pork rinds, not high fat junk. What about beef jerky? I bought some of that the other beef day. Beef jerky's okay. It's just got a lot of sodium. So if you have high blood pressure, you don't want to be killing it with the beef jerky. Otherwise, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's protein-based, but I would pair the protein with a carb. Like, that's a good time to get in fruit for the day. Oh, I thought you were going to say put it on a whole wheat piece of bread. beef jerky. <laughs> a beef jerky sandwich <laughs> slathered with mayo. Okay, so here's my trick for dinner. Are you ready for my trick for dinner? Love it. Okay, trick for dinner. Look at your fist. If you're, that should be the size of your carb. Your fist. No more. One fist. So if you get a baked potato, I mean, you know what? If you have a girlfriend or if you have a wife or if you have a significant other and their fist is smaller, use their fist as the size. I thought if you're a big guy. I thought your trick was going to be marry a dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> but you can have bigger 
portions of that that of your vegetables yeah and of your leaner meat yeah right i mean and if you're still hungry after you eat like one fist of carb with your protein and vegetables go back for more protein go back for more vegetables you got to control the carb no one really gain no one gains weight from eating too much produce right and there's only so much meat you can eat before you start breaking out in the meat sweats right no that's not actually but carbohydrates that's that's what that's the killer that's the killer because people overeat it because it tastes good it goes down easily we all have and it so when you say carbohydrates like for oh everybody fries Shoot me. Potatoes. do you know how many times ken has asked me what a carbohydrate is this is our whole marriage I tell you the same thing. Well, tell me again over on the microphone so everyone else can hear. Pasta, potatoes, bread, chips. pasta, rice, potatoes, peas, corn, beans, winter squash, crackers, cereal, like Jason said, chips, sweets, alcohol, big carbohydrate. Okay. All the good stuff. Yeah, it's good. I'm not it telling anyone not to eat it, but Just you got to control it. And yeah. then when you hit 60, your intake needs to be smaller. Of carb, carb of specifically. everything. Because of you're everything. Yeah, because calorically you're not the same because your metabolism takes a nosedive. And what do you think is the only way to increase your metabolic rate? Exercise. Exercise. What kind of exercise? Cardiovascular. Nope. Jason, you have another idea? No. Strength training. Really? The only way to raise your met- your metabolic rate is to build muscle mass. The only way to build muscle mass is resistance training. It is not cardiovascular. I always tell my um, female patients, don't be cardio queens. And I would tell male patients, you need a mix. You've got to do cardio and you strength is so important for that's balance. That's why Ken's gotten so jacked. Yeah, that's why his biceps are just mm-hmm. busting. Yeah, but that's the only way to increase your your metabolism is, is through strength training. Now, you don't have to lift massive weights, but you can even do push-ups. You, I mean, Stephen was here before in your pot. He told you. I mean, you can do body weight exercises. All right, so that dinner, let's pick some. What, what are good... Meal options for dinner. Well, I mean, what do you what do you mean meal options? I mean, to I me, go to a restaurant. I look yeah. at the menu. Do I say okay? Bring me everything, or what do we do here? Um, it depends. I would always go for something that's a lean protein. If they have a fillet, if they have fish, if they have chicken that's not fried, um, you know, um, those would. You what about protein. what about like certain cuts of steak, like uh, New York strip New York is lean. Um, yeah, flank like steak is lean, like fillet is lean, and yeah. any sirloin, if it's like a, you know, not a super high-end steakhouse right. and they have sirloin on the menu. Those are all lean cuts. Those are fine. And if mm. if you're doing a burger, bison is lean and sirloin burgers are leaner than just if the menu just says burger on it, that's loaded. Got it. Okay. That's good. And instead of fries, can you sub that out for something else? Carrots. No, coleslaw. that's boring. Coleslaw is good. I like coleslaw. What about salad? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Like if you want the burger on a bun, forget the fries and do a salad or coleslaw. I like that. So it sounds like carbs are the, the big enemy. No, it's just people can't control the portions of carbs. They gotcha. go nuts with carbs. And so, what is, what's cholesterol? What what? So you don't get heart disease from cholesterol in foods. You get heart disease 
from the saturated fats in foods. There's only three foods that are high in cholesterol. Anyone know the answers to that? No. Egg yolk, liver, and shrimp. Those three foods. Shrimp? Shrimp is loaded in cholesterol. Really? Yeah, it's super high in I cholesterol. I have no idea about that. So most people don't get overdo cholesterol from food. They overdo the saturated fats. That's in the marbling and meats. That's whole milk products. That's fried foods. All that kind of stuff. So be focused on saturated fats, not cholesterol. Are there any desserts we're allowed to eat? Yeah, I love fruit. Them. No, that's boring and lame. Okay, good. So what chocolate. Goodness. So chocolate's okay? Dark chocolate. Anything over 70% is low in sugar and higher in antioxidants. Ice cream. Ice cream, if you control the portions, Jason. A portion is not a pint of Ben and Jerry's. That's supposed to serve four. <laughs> Seriously. Four spoons? Yeah. <laughs> and you got to not do the buy one, get one when they have them on sale. Bogo. I yes, live by I Bogo. I know you love your Bogo. Every time I pass the dessert aisle, I see, oh, it's Bogo. I'm like, I bet Jason, Jason loaded up. <laughs> so, yeah, desserts are fine, but it's sort of like the carbs. You want Moderation. to really rein it in, especially if you're, you know, again, after 50 and especially after 60. And does it matter when, like what time you eat, how close you are to going to sleep? That's, is that legitimate? or? Well, your intestines don't have a time clock. So your intestines aren't going, oh my God, it's 10 o'clock at night and he just fed me. So everything, this is all bad. If you have reflux, that is a no-go. I mean, you're going to be refluxing up all night long if you're eating late night. Um, you know, your body is in shutdown mode at night. So again, I'd rather you back up your food during the day and not have a massive meal at night. Okay. That, that one hurts you, I know, Ken. You like to eat. <laughs> I do like to eat. Nine o'clock is early for you for a dinner. Everyone's blood sugar is like dropped to nothing. We're all starving. <laughs> I like my late dinners, that is for sure. But uh, I will tell you something like I see a lot in my male patients. Like they're all like, man, when I was a teenager, when I was in college, I could eat whatever I want. And now that's yeah. not the case. No kidding. Yeah, so I know. Through that. Um, yes. Teenage boys have the highest metabolism of anybody of anybody so i mean that makes sense but you can't eat like you're 17 18 19 and you can't eat like that when you're in your 50s and you're not moving your body once again proving that youth is wasted on the young there you go oh, that's true i never <laughs> thought about it that way jason that's very true any other questions jason or are you you good to go you i'm know utterly depressed you got your game plan somehow i'm gonna have I to adjust my diet I here I've got to live with this. Uh, I didn't tell you to give up the swine. I didn't tell you to give up the cow. It's just, you know, you have to think about what's going on with your health. Are you at risk for heart disease? Are you at risk for diabetes? Are you at risk for prostate cancer? Those, you can make a difference. And, the, and those you know because of your genetics or because of... Well, when you go get a physical, which men are notoriously bad about getting every year, physicals, go get one every year. But, you know, know what your cholesterol labs are. Know what your blood sugar labs are. Know what your A1C is, which is a marker of blood sugar. You need to know these things because if you don't know them and you choose to ignore them, then... You're choosing not to address it. Gotcha. So don't be lame. This is, in the happy hour words, sobering conversation. <laughs> well, sorry, I was a buzzkill, but at least <laughs> even, we have our bourbon. Even though it's sobering, we are drinking. It's Four Roses bourbon, and is it? I'm not a bourbon guy, so I don't know the difference between one and the other. 
You guys like it? Good, bad? Where's it? Very good. I think it's easy to drink. Yeah, it's really easy to drink. Very smooth. It's smooth. It's got just a touch of sweetness yep. in it from the corn, corn as we it's learned corn last based. week. Yes. And for those who aren't whiskey drinkers or bourbon drinkers, one of the things that I did not realize that I learned last week is that for it to be bourbon, it has to be made 100% in the United in States. In the good old United States. There you go. And bourbon is whiskey. It is a kind of whiskey, but it is whiskey made in the United States out of materials in the United States, and, awesome. and also has some aging requirements. Yeah, 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 yep. stuff like that. So, so, yeah. So, Rachel, the last thing we do is we do a toast, and we do a toast to someone who has joined the club of retirees. So, Jason, who joined the club this week? Well, I think it's a really interesting one. That's uh, uh, somebody who. We may have all heard of recently from the Super Bowl, and that was Los Angeles Rams safety Eric Weddle. And what I find really interesting about Mr. Weddle's story is that he had been retired from football nearly two years to the day. So he retired in 2020, January of 2020, and was out of football, wasn't playing, just staying healthy, obviously eating well, exercising, (laughs) all those things. The Rams called in after the end of the regular season, just before the playoffs started. So January of 2022, two years later in this year, brought him on. He became a starter on their team and won a Super Bowl with them. So he came on, just went and played the playoffs. Went and played the playoffs. Hadn't played a single wow. down. That's the way to do it. Two man. years. That's get a Super Bowl ring. Get, the get all that extra pay. Money. Wow. That's... And I think they're actually. I think it's an interesting story. Just amazing that he kept himself in that physical condition Shape, and yeah. mental and even mental condition to be ready to do that. But also I think there are a lot of people, I know I know several who have retired, gone back to work and then retired again, which he did right after the Super Bowl, because, you know, you found an interesting opportunity or you had that itch to come back and do something might be something we should explore on another. Uh, when is podcast. Ken going back to work? <laughs> Whenever you kick me out of the house. Let's drink to Eric Weddle. Um, cheers to cheers. Rachel. Thank you for Thank uh, you for a great show today. You're welcome. Here's to what's next. Absolutely. Next week? Do we know what's next week? I think it's gonna be a surprise next week. So we're gonna do a surprise show for you next week. Because we don't even know what it is. So have a great week. Cheers. <laughs>